Shall we go? You ready? You turning it? What are you doing? I don't know, man. I'm trying to. I don't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Caleb is naked. I'm not naked. I'm just topless. Well, just like that guy I saw walking on the side of the road. <laughs> it's the parts I like to see. Tits out. <laughs> Put this in a storyboard. Welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your twice-monthly podcast, temporarily delivering the juice on the Jomo. This is your episode 97. We are going to cover from about the 3351 to the 4214 mark of uh, of the G.I. Joe movie. We are broadcasting live from the Circle K. I'm your host, Rufus. And with me are my two totally tubular, time-traveling teammates from San Dimas High. Guys, step out of the phone booth and introduce yourselves please hey dude i'm ryan hey i'm caleb what (laughs) that was terrible for both of us i feel like there is one thing that society is missing uh, that would align the sun moon stars bring us to an age of aquarius if you will and and that would be hot bill and ted three movie gossip hot goss where where's the bill and ted three news we back in 2018 the internet was a buzz with <laughs> back B- two months ago <laughs> with bnt news i would say more like may june of 2018 there's there's been stuff but i haven't heard anything since since the summer months you gotta seek it out man. and uh well i tried to seek it out today i found no new information. When is it happening? Are they filming? What are the plot deets? Will they do a Coachella Tupac George Carlin thing? Mm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, about the, like, Rufus situation. I, um, I don't know. I I, I will say I've recently watched, and I mentioned this on another podcast, but Wes and I recently watched both one and two, and um, Bogus Journey is a lot of fun. Who's playing Rufus? Do we even know that? It's not even clear that there is a Rufus. Yeah. Who yeah. would be a good They'd Rufus? have to address it, I would think. Um, Dave Chappelle? Oh, interesting. I mean, that would be good. Seriously. I like it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how they explain the whole visual difference, but it's the future, man. They got to wear shades. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, it could be Bill Cosby. Oh, perfect. <laughs> this won't be our last Bill Cosby reference this episode, I, I assure you. Excellent. Welcome to the show. We did Transformers the movie. We'll get back to it soon. But for now, it's all about the grunts, the squids, the jarheads, the puddle pirates, the flyboys, the puddle pilates? Puddle pirates sounds <laughs> like, like <laughs> some kind of fetish where you like to pee on people. The bullet sponges that are Ew. the enlisted elite members of G.I. Joe. And as I alluded to, we've got about so, 10 minutes so of that's screen time ha- to So cover. that's happening. <laughs> that's, that's what's up. <laughs> and uh, in, in other news, I have been meaning to talk to you about this. I've been reading the IDW Transformers comics, which yeah. uh, we are all uh, way behind on that yeah. because that series has ended and they're rebooting a new one. And I don't know how related it is to the old series at all, but they're awesome. 
I need I, to share my issues with you guys please. so you can read Do them. Do you have them digitally or physically? I have them digitally, mm. but I can make it happen for you. Get, you kind of jerked me off. Let's get physical. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are awesome. And depending on who you talk to, they don't get good until a certain point. But I think they it actually starts off pretty strongly. But okay. it definitely gets amazing uh, two or three years into the series, and they split off into two divergent series. Once. I have read some of the earlier ones, but it's been a, a while. Yeah. Well, the... The series that I think people give the most credit to are are the series that are related to the Lost Light and, mm-hmm. and uh, Hot Rod and a crew of misfits heading out to space looking for the Knights of Cybertron. They just do so much amazing character development. The way the stories are told and sort of the the devices they use to tell the stories and like it, you know it's not super linear and it's I just have to recommend it and it makes I'm into it, it. It's emotional. It's just very well done. The writing is great. James Roberts. We saw him at TFCon just Absolutely. sitting at a table. I knew his significance, but Do you I mean Chicago TFCon? Yeah. Yes. This is coming by out. Way, by the true. way, how was TFCon? Exactly. How was LA? <laughs> How was that Ron so, Friedman interview? By the time this plays, I'll have gone to TFCon. Uh, is there anything you guys want me to do while I'm there? Get that original G.I. Joe script uh, yes. Ron Friedman. Right. But by now, we'll know, by the time the listener is listening to this, we'll know yeah. how big a failure our <laughs> Ron Friedman adventures were. I would, oh, I, I will say, I can't remember if it was Mike Seibert, who also is, was also there with you, um, or you, Aaron, that I was talking to about getting um, my Ron Friedman Transformer script signed. Yeah. Give me that. I would like to get that. If you can work it with Flint, Flint Dilly to get him to sign it too, that'd be great. He'd be like, "I'm not signing this piece of garbage." He's a, he's a good guy. He'd sign anything. What just if he listen to my interview? What if him. he crossed out Ron's signature <laughs> and wrote his in? Actually, that would be pretty amazing. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Is a story consultant credit on that script? No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how that all worked out. Mm-hmm. But surely the Twitterverse will know by the time yeah. this episode actually airs, and all of this thing, all of the information we're spouting right now is going to be pure speculation. Yes. Well, it's very and, it, and weeks out of date. Yes, <laughs> as our podcast is when you do it two, <laughs> like a month in advance. You record to it once, and that's a whole month of material. Yeah. Last episode recap: We saw Beachhead. Uh, he has no composure whatsoever as he attempted to train the rawhides. He just doesn't like their improvisational style. What are you doing? <laughs> Again, I think you have the best beachhead out of the two of us. Thank you. Uh, Caleb, you want to do a beachhead real quick? Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. Don't want to top that. Nope. All right. Can't top that. We saw that Falcon is a walking hard-on who is easily compromised <laughs> by the sound of a sultry southern accent. I just pictured a rigid dick with a beret on top of it. That, um, and that will be our gift away for <laughs> yeah. our G My Joe file card challenge, which I'm sure is underway. It's underway right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we have lots of I'm sure. uh, participants, you contestants. Run down what, 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 is? What, what is it, Caleb? What okay, are we doing? We'll get it out Start from the quick. top. All right. So last episode, I introduced a character that I created called Hard Tech. He's a Civil War reenactor that's gone a little too far, a little delusional. Um, but his heart's in the right place. Is it? 
I, I guess. Uh, oh, he, play, he fights for the Union, so I he guess. Does, he, he doesn't, yeah, he fights for the Union. <laughs> he doesn't really know who G.I. Joe is, I don't think, but, but anyway. But yet they've recruited him. Yeah, they just, point him in the, they just point him in the right direction and say, <laughs> charge! <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I created that on a website called JoeCustoms.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, by this point, we have launched that on Twitter. So, uh, then, so our challenge is called... G my Joe file card challenge, and our challenge is for listeners to create their own file card, GI Joe file card mm-hmm. through GeoCustoms.com. Create a Joe character, you know. Absolutely. Get creative. Call, yeah, get creative, uh, and uh, basically you will post that on your Twitter, mm-hmm. that file card, and then uh, hashtag. G my Joe and mm-hmm. add us and at Autopod Decepticast or at a pod a pod decast which is our handle yeah or is it yeah is it just a pod it's just a pod decast all right and then we will retweet it and then at the end of this uh, this run of discussing mm-hmm. GI Joe the movie we're going to have a drawing mm-hmm. draw out of hat the winner will get some sweet. A pod decats merch mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at this point we have created a, a G.I. Joe specific merch that that person will also receive. Mm-hmm. Just or we've to... discussed what it will be. Yes. So <laughs> you will, you, you'll also get uh, uh, some of our pre, some of our current merch. We've mm-hmm. got the, uh, the cup recruitment poster as well as our button set series yeah. one. And then another piece of uh, original art TBD. Yes. Exactly. TBD. By Executed this... mostly by Mr. <clears throat> Ryan Jett, no doubt. Hey. You're signing up. Yeah, baby. Voluntold. Like, do, I, do I have to do fucking here. everything around here? To serve and protect. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, please, yeah, get involved in that. It's going to be fun. We'll also read the profiles uh, out, uh, out aloud as you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah as you send the them, we'll do, we'll do them on the episodes. And I'm, I'm really excited to see. Caleb's was a lot of fun. If you didn't hear it, go back to the last episode. It's great. Uh, very amusing. I, we I, need to make some. Yeah, yeah, Aaron and I will make some. And I, I feel like, uh, yeah, we're, we're you can do whatever you want. I'm probably going to lean the same way Caleb did with doing something bizarre and fun with it but yeah I I thought of a good I thought of another good one actually my my uh, uh, my son thought of a character called bloodshot mm-hmm. and he meant Does he just have really red eyes well my, in my opinion I'm like it could go I don't know I haven't fleshed that out I love the name bloodshot mm-hmm. he's either gonna be like some kind of pot smoking GI Joe character <laughs> or or like an insomniac mm-hmm. and he just can't he doesn't sleep. I like so we'll it. see. Maybe inspired by your character, I'll create a Cobra character that actually was a clear Confederate. Eyes. No, oh, no, no, clear no. eyes. No. Byzine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, a Cobra character who uh, was a Union, or I'm sorry, a, a Confederate sympathizer, and not because he's racist, because he cares about states' rights. States' rights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last episode recap: we saw that Falcon is a walking hard-on who is easily compromised. And speaking of compromise, Falcon's date, revealed to be Zorana, delivers the information that will kick off Serpentor's rescue right now. Yes. Tonight. Yes. They wasted no time. No. They're, they're, they, they don't fuck around. Nope, they don't. Serpentor, so we kick it off at the 3351 minute mark. Serpentor is in his cell. He is testing out the <laughs> security of his cell. He hates these pillows. <laughs> yeah, the, way, the way you do. The way you have to test out security. You throw a pillow. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to have a neck pain in the morning. Well, he, I mean, I guess he, he's just assuming they're going to rescue him soon so he doesn't have to sleep on just right. the mattress. Again, Flint 
cocked his pistol last time mm-hmm. and then ran out the door, you know. I just saw Gung Ho also talking about protecting Serpentor. Mm-hmm. He just cocked his rifle. Oh, man. Yeah. These guys love talking about stuff and then just locking and loading. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's probably a trope unto itself, oh, the, the yeah. pistol cock as yeah. sort of the cool. It's just like, but it's always a thing. Like, I know, I'm sure in movies, like, if you really kept track of some of the cocking of a shotgun, there'd just be shells being ejected unfired yeah. because oh, it happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned, Caleb, that, yes, he's being guarded by Gung Ho, Alpine, and Bazooka. That's right. In this room. Alpine is feeling a little bit uneasy about the task that they have of guarding Serpentor, but but uh, Gung Ho, his co-screw, helps him feel better. Uh, after all, that new kid, Lieutenant Falcon, is guarding the perimeter. Uh, he says oh, a few boy. more things, and guess, he, he ends his dialogue with, I figure he'll give us all the warning we need. I guess the word didn't get back to these guys about the confrontation with, <laughs> yeah, uh, with Duke. Yeah, it's brilliant, considering yeah. today's display. And yeah, Also, I keep getting Gung Ho and Leatherneck confused. Oh, really? Like, just even though Leatherneck's not really in the movie, I want to call him Leatherneck, and then, but also sometimes Roughneck, which is an oil rig worker. I'm just having some trouble that's with these gonna be your, guys. That's going to be your G. My Joe character, Roughneck. Roughneck? Works on an oil well. I don't know. Figure Works it out. Works on an oil well. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's We'll flesh that out. <laughs> well, the movie shows us that, in fact, it is not a good idea to feel good about the scheduling decision here because we see that Lieutenant Falcon's chair is empty, and while Gung Ho <laughs> is talking up Lieutenant Falcon, yeah. we see he's gone, and you know what he's left behind on his chair? <laughs> that manual? The fucking technical manual. <laughs> yes. He hates these manuals. Oh, man. Uh so, yeah, why does he hate technical manuals? Better question, why is he not in the brig right now to begin with? Why so, does he have this Not job? even in the brig. Maybe you could, I don't know, I guess gloss over it. Maybe Duke covered for him and didn't report it. I don't, this even is, though he did because we'll later see that, that Hawk knows about it. But, yeah, like, definitely guard duty is not the, the position you want to put this fuckhead in. Somebody who's proven to not be uh, is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Falcon, he is not on duty. Instead of guarding his post, he's decided to go sexually harass mm-hmm. fellow rawhide Jinx. Which we see her working on a Havoc. Again, everyone does everything, and right. she's, I guess, a ninja mechanic. Uh, well, she ninja should be, mechanic and finance. She uh, should, yes, uh, accountants. Yeah. She should be working on a, with a, a blindfold. Bl- blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She's gonna really get oh my Well, she didn't have a ninja mechanic uh, guide. True. He was just teaching her how to fuck. As my blind mechanic taught me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this he the way he flirt. Oh, I mean so, everything about how. Go ahead. I, yeah, no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say the his his opening gambit is oh steal it, steal. I'll just mm-hmm. take your tools like I, I'm in kindergarten. No, I I, I kind of get that. That's kind of a little playful. A playful this, move, but it's not a playful move you use with somebody that you don't know very well. Or, or if you're in the, your twenties. Well, the word is that they've already had a relationship. Yeah, that we, that's what we're de- we were debating that last episode. It does and, seem like they have history, right? Right. So, uh, but that I think history aside, I don't think it's cool for him to just be like nice legs for a grease monkey soldier, and uh, which okay. 
maybe if you know each other, you've been on a date or two, it went well, it's acceptable, maybe, maybe not. But then he pops her on the ass and yeah. says, you want me to kiss it and make it better. That's oh, official yeah. creepo status yep. at and this point, like, right? There's, uh, yes, and there's two things that I had about this. Like, he says, you're supposed to be glad to see me, Jinx. Why? That's something Ted Bundy would say. <laughs> like, yeah, that's an insane thing. And then also, it reminded me of the way, like, one, I have one specific embarrassing memory that is bored into my mind from junior high mm-hmm. of trying to flirt with Amanda Hedgepeth. Ooh, dropping um, dropping full names on the podcast. absolutely. She's a listener. <laughs> um, I remember we had those desks that had like the L-shaped desk and then yeah. the basket beneath them, mm-hmm. and. Um, we were in science class, Mr. Lake in science class, I believe. Dropping more names. And um, she was sitting, she sat behind me, and like there was a desk um, to my left that was empty, and it was we were just working on homework and stuff. We had to go and turn it turn it in, and um, I thought, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Oh boy. When she gets up to take her paper, I'm going to put my legs, because I was sitting sideways across the aisle with my legs on the empty desk, because I'm cool. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, when she goes to put her paper away, I'm going to slide this desk toward her, and what's going to happen is it's going to hit her knees, and she's going to sit down, and it'll be really fun and sexy and cool. But what actually happened... Like you would imagine if you're a person, is I kicked the desk and it just bashed her in the knees. And she looked at me and went, ow, that hurt. And I went, uh. This reminds me of your, we don't have to talk about it. This reminds me of your, uh, you rented that place for the Valentine's Yes, it, go back we, and listen we, we to that, that episode. <laughs> yeah, the Valentine's Day debacle where I rented a bed Ar- and breakfast room. Arguably bigger fail. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but this was the junior high version of that, my poor decisions. But, but yeah, to your point though, stealing somebody's tools is a very junior high sort of pull on the pigtails way of saying, I, I like you. Yeah, it, he's, pay attention ugh. to me. I, I do think that they have an established relationship at this point. I don't know why I remember that, but I think that's why she, he's like so surprised. Well, she mentions that they had a sort of date yes. in the last episode, but, which I took to mean that in an off-screen moment, they actually did have yeah, flirtatious so mutual banter. But, so but that, Ryan believes. I think he's. she's referring to the fact she was supposed to be sparring with Falcon whenever Beachhead came out. Uh, so it's where's Lieutenant Falcon? Right. Okay, so, well, so unknown. So He's a little late. He's looking to spar a little bit now. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Well, and but also to add credibility to what Caleb is saying. So she lets him know that at this point it's hands off. Yeah. And it's apparent. The reason I think that Caleb has validity is he is making excuses for the other girl that he was hanging out uh-huh. with. Like, oh, Heather, right. that I just, was nothing. If, yeah, you but, knew, if you knew about that. So it feels like she's a little jealous. Yeah. I think he thinks she's jealous whenever it's actually indifference. But he mm-hmm. is such a psychotic person <laughs> mm-hmm. that he imagines that everybody must want him. So, oh, she's not into me now because she saw me with another girl. That's mm-hmm. why she's upset. Right. Not I'm a, a borderline criminal. Yeah, I think it could go either way, and either way doesn't really give him any bonus points. He's nope. putting her, a, his hands on her. As it's a human. A, yeah. it's like it's bad. <laughs> oh, there, is that what he just? Yeah. So she a little pop on the tuchus there. She tells him to cut the shit, 
and get back to guarding Serpentor. And Falcon's like, you know, it's all good. He proceeds to run down all of the possible security checkpoints that a mythical intruder would have to surpass. Uh, and as he's running these down, which I will do. Oh, uh, right there. Mythical if you intruder, notice what we have right here. We have a wrist oh, grab. Oh, a classic yep. Sunbow wrist grab. <laughs> <laughs> Sunbow wrist grab. <laughs> Lieutenant Falcon grabs Jinx's wrist. <laughs> Right at the 34.56 mark. Uh, I'm writing that but, down. But I think the to, Sunbow wrist grab. <laughs> but, but to be fair, was she not getting ready to take a swat at him? I don't think it didn't appear no, that way to me. I don't me. think so. I'm Let's gonna, replay that I think footage. he's trying to control her body. No, 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 no. Here goes. He's talking the shit. He puts his hand on her shoulder, and she mess, She knocks it she off. Points She's at pointing him. at him. Okay, and he yeah. grabs her wrist. He, he just grabs her it. point. Never mind. That was not a defensive move. Not at all. In fact, some might say it was offensive. <laughs> Only people who saw it. <laughs> She's telling him to get back to Serpentor. He's talking about, you know, it's all good. He's explaining ID bracelet. Well, they'd have to fake one. Well, it turns out Cobra faked one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, we've got this pentaplastic shield. That'll stop them cold. Well, it doesn't stop it cold. You're cold when you've got Pythona's crazy fingernail. Yep. And uh, then melters. it's wrenched open by Nemesis Enforcer's, uh, like, uh, elbow claw things. But that, shouldn't that in and of itself set off an alarm? Like yeah. that you've penetrated the pentaplastic shield? I would think so. And then he talks about some super hard concrete that they're going to have to blast through. Which I love that there is an actual fuse. And it's not an electronic detonator. He lights like a bottle rocket. I mean, when we're dealing with the the people that we're dealing with, I'm surprised it's not some organic squid brain looking (laughs) explosive device. I got the impression that was a dreadnought device. Like that's something that they just had laying around. I feel like they have the ability to make homemade bombs. Mm Mm-hmm. They're they're uh, they're Australian, right? Yes. So they like blow it up with a can of Vegemite. <laughs> Offensive. <laughs> Our Australian listeners, call in and tell we, us about your Vegemite bomb. We once, we once sang the Australian national anthem on here. That's true. It was That's a true. tribute. Pythona, Nemesis Enforcer, and the Dreadnoughts get into the main cell, and a, a nice little skirmish breaks out. Uh, the alarm is cut. Gung Ho. But how? Because we don't see it get cut. That does not happen on screen. I think at hmm. this point, anything's possible. That's what my problem is, is because we see it cut, but it's not cut, and it's clearly right next to the Joes. And so, obviously, the Cobra didn't cut it, but then Pythona later says, she says, he must not reconnect that alarm, implying they cut it, but there's no they indication cu- that that occurred. They yet. clearly cut it. We just don't know how they did it. I'm, they should have released some sort of uh, strange crab just, like, squid like, hybrid cl- that clamps it. Under dusty. Now I want to find out who the voice of that character was. Of the crab? Of Sebastian? Yeah. Keep yeah. talking, I'll find out. All right. <laughs> Gung-ho, he takes a dive to twist it back together. Mm-hmm. Nemesis Enforcer at this point then attacks Gung-ho. With his out- laser-proof wings. That's right. He is, he's blocking it. He's, he's a strong character. Yeah, he's With a ass. strong name, uh, debatably. Mm. <laughs> and he attacks Gung-ho. Alpine intervenes at this point, which gives Gung-ho an opportunity to, uh, to twist that back together and, and eventually set off the alarm. Absolutely, yeah. And the alarm's reconnected. And then Falcon says, oh no, it can't be. 
oh, brother, you really are bad luck in reference to Jinx, which is like, yeah. you're a psychopath. He blames you, Jinx for his screw-up. He abandoned his way. post to sexually and physically harass her, and then when she, what happened, what she said was going to happen did, he's like, your fault. I feel like he really would do well in this administration. <laughs> He will uh, probably take over as president once uh, our current president is prosecuted. And, oh, and God, fingers crossed. <laughs> the alarm goes off. Nemesis approach. Nemesis approacher. <laughs> Nemesis approacher. That's a I'm great a, I'm name. Actually, I'm actually going to keep this. The alarm goes off. Nemesis approacher <laughs> goes to Serpy's cell. He uh, uses his adamantium so wings to block the connection of the laser jail bars. Mm-hmm. He creates a gap for Serpentor to sneak through, which Serpentor does, and at this point, we go outside of the base. Joes are crawling out of every window, nook, and cranny available. Duke orders to make chase with the recon sleds. Yes, dropping a toy name. (laughs) They did a really good job with the toys. uh, Oh, absolutely. And the vehicles on this, and incorporating them into the show. Like, the G.I. Joe vehicles are super, like, they're the best. I agree. Uh, Controversial statement that no one will refute. with. <laughs> I think you're wrong, Ryan. Yeah, that's like, a, I thought they were terrible. Then Pythona drops, like, she drops uh, explosive trilobites. <laughs> <laughs> so, these, these sort of horseshoe crab grenades mm-hmm. uh, explode, disable their pursuers, and back at the headquarters, Falcon is just immediately detained by General Hawk, who appears to be an electron's width away from just <laughs> beating the fuck out yeah. of him. Well, I, I don't blame him. <laughs> so, dereliction of duty, post-desertion, security penetrated, Serpentor freed, three good men injured, although it looked like a lot more than that with all the crab bombs that were going on earlier. Mm-hmm. He is being confined to quarters until court-martial. I, again, don't know why they give him the benefit of going to quarters. You, I would assume they have a jail. Yeah. Oh, a brig? Oh, yeah. Um, I'd throw him in the Serpentor one that they probably yeah. just escape from. <laughs> they can find the quarters and put a, a guard on it. Um, and I, I, I just noticed this again in, like, researching the ranks of things. Like, uh, uh, General Hawk has one star on his helmet, and later we'll see a star on his lapel. So I guess he's a one-star general, a brigadier general. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I just found I I hey, got really interested. Hey, I got really interested in it. I never would have guessed Ryan that you would be our link to military credibility, but I'm happy that we have. Some. Hey, I took that <laughs> test <laughs> in high school. The ASFAB. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is it ASFAB? Because that that's that's absolutely hey, fabulous. Did you ever, Ryan, in your digging of, of of military rank, did you like try to find like the highest ranking ever and stuff like that, like five star? Highest and six- ranking ever? Yeah. Five star, six star. There was, there's only been ever, there's only ever been one six star general. I didn't even know there was a six star. There was, yeah. Um, it, I think it was General Pershing. Because mine was, let's see. This might be a bad. Because ex- it had uh, the first star general is brigadier, then two star is major general, uh, three star is lieutenant general, four star is general, and then five star is general of the army. There you go. By the way, I, I said at. As fab and you said absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's actually the as vab. As vab. Does it? Do, younger listeners, do you still take that in high school where it's a, it's a qualifying test for the armed services? I think it's mandatory. It's that weird have to take it. It's super weird. Not sure. At this point, we. By the way, Jinx is like. <gasps> yeah. We're back at the Himalayas. I don't know why she's shocked. <laughs> she she <laughs> predicted this. <laughs> 
We're back at the Himalayas. Yep. A ship that looks like it was inspired by a beetle grub of some sort floats by <laughs> some mountain climbers. <laughs> These Sherpas have had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I also the, my description of the the thing is like a bio zeppelin, like a caterpillar jellyfish. Yeah, and they 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 pilot it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it in a really interesting way. Yeah. Interesting or gross. Well, they steer the ship via several string-like bands that we are to believe are internal organs of this, of this larvae. Closet. They Oh, you here would, we go. Yes. They tug at some nerves. It lets out a hawk's scream. <laughs> which opens up another disgusting hole in the mountain that I, I believe Ryan probably has some commentary on. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's the mountain's pussy. It's a vagina cave. Like it's just like in Transformers Scramble City with Ratbat where he penetrated deep inside. Yeah, yeah. I knew what you were going with there. And as it as it goes deep, deep into the into the hole. It, it, actually, we see from inside the cavern, and it, do, it does the look like uh, it's, I was I was saying it looks like somebody is scoping a colon, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll say it's some of that like that kind of like internal vaginal penetration no, fetish videos. On, hey, on, that's weird. Where they have the camera going? No, the, I'm not into that. Yeah, no, that I'm, I'm not, not either. That, that exists. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll okay. send you some links. No, please. No. <laughs> the the, it, the zeppelin continues its flight. We see more just awful. Disgusting creatures, yep. it, the, and the sound that it makes when it lands is gross. It's like <laughs> 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 the sound effects are disgusting in this movie when, when it comes to Cobra Law. Kudos to everybody who was involved in designing this because even though I hate it, it's, it's pretty a creative. Of creativity, yeah, it's true. Uh, they fly into the main part of the city, which looks like some kind of satanic, satanic Ewok village. Oh, my stars. <laughs> it flies past the cell where the Joes are kept. You think they'd be desensitized to all this grossness by now, but they're not Roadblock, who, by the way, uh, he gets to keep his soul patch, and Lady J gets to keep her arrows. But uh, the Roadblock, he's like, they just... Yeah, she still does have her arrows. <laughs> I've never noticed they, that before. They just keep getting uglier. Uh, the ship lands, make the sound effect, <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to a being that we have yet to interact with yes. on screen, and the top part of his head is fuzzy at this point. <laughs> you can't really tell what's going on there, but the bottom part looks like uh, Admiral Akbar's head. Yeah. Uh, I've, I described it in my notes. I put, God damn it, now where was Oh, his bottom half is like a floating catfish frog head. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Prepare the path of esteem is what he says, I think. And uh, we all know from our Maslow triangles that first you need your physiological needs met, of course. Oh, boy. Food, water, rest. Mm -hmm. Then it moves on to safety, which is security. Uh, Belongingness, love. That's next on the hierarchy. Your relationships, your friends, kind of what we have. You're going to take it all the way, aren't you? (laughs) Only then can your esteem needs Yes. Be met. Yeah, and, that guy's full of shit. And and then and then, and then only then. I mean, you've got one more level: the self-actualized status. He's a fucking idiot. So that's what he's preparing the pathway for here. Exactly. And lots of la la las as we've as we've discussed in prior episodes. Some slaves bring forth some sort of chaise uh, throne, <laughs> and when it hits the ground, this army of Giant fucking ticks. Yeah. Millions. They do look like ticks. I took them as crustaceans, but, and then we have an irising butthole where yeah. Serpentor comes out it's of. All, that is clearly a butthole. Yeah. It's all it's, gross. I wrote down cloaca, but <laughs> what is a cloaca? Cloaca is also a butthole. butthole. <laughs> so, the, 
God damn it. They just keep outdoing themselves. Yeah. It looks gross it's in there. It's so gross. <laughs> I think it would smell awful, too. Mm-hmm. Really. Asshole is a perfect metaphor, though, because then Serpentor comes yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And d- decided that, that that platform that comes out is decidedly non-gross. I don't think. Yeah. It's like, the no, weirdest guys, mechanic. Yeah. Like, it should right. have been like a tongue or something yeah. that came out. It's just a <laughs> ramp. He salutes his host. He notes that whoever this mysterious person is was behind his jailbreak and he owes him his freedom. And the host interjects, your freedom and your life. It turns out that this guy, Galobulus, he lays claim to creating Serpentor and views him as a possession. Mm-hmm. It's a weirdly, like, um, casual introduction of a pretty major character. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have a real grand entrance or anything. Mm-mm. He's just there. Yeah. He's just there. And I guess he's been low-key introduced by Cobra Commander uh, earlier. Galobulus will have your head for this, yeah. But, so I I guess if if you're the type of person who could remember Cobra Commander said that, maybe you'd be like, oh, that's who he's talking about. That must be Galobulus. I I just feel like there should have been, like, some fanfare and enter Galobulus or whatever. Right. The, the claim that Galobulus is responsible for Serpentor outrages Mindbender. This is the best. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm well, as, as he remembers that he spent lots of effort genetically engineering Serpentor, so presumably uh, with a scalar, a drill, and some fluoride. <laughs> because he's a dentist. I'll be a dentist. Uh, and then Destro like, immediately just throws shade at Dr. Mindbender, mm-hmm. where he's like, didn't ever occur to you that such a brilliant plan was beyond the capacity of even your fine intelligence? Yeah. Destro gets it. As good as Mindbender is at preventing tooth decay, <laughs> he, would, he would need some extra mental electricity to come up with an idea like crafting a perfect emperor warrior by merging the DNA of Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Attila the Hun, Philip II, Alexander the Great, Ivan the Terrible, Vlad the Impaler, Hannibal, Genghis Khan, Rasputin, Montezuma, Geronimo, Eric the Red, Osama bin Laden, and Floyd Mayweather. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, you just th- you're throwing your own <laughs> fan fiction in there. That I forgot. I it's been again. We've covered this. It's been a long time since I've watched GI Joe. I knew it was a lot of. I knew there was some gene splicing. That's like ten dudes. It was a long. It was a long little series. I mean, five, 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 uh, five, five episodes. Whoa! They had, they had to be getting, <laughs> five episodes. They had to be getting turned into Porky Pig there for a second. So it turns out Galobulus he implanted the idea uh, and the skill for to Doctor Mindbender. Also, though, it. was it all that brilliant? Like, <laughs> and number two, you have Destro, to be smart to my, do it. My, I guess Mindbender backs down pretty quick, though. He does. He, he, does. he sees the way the wind is like, uh, mm, right. Yeah. He's not Cobra Commander. No. He can read that room. Yeah, yeah. I, and for all I know, Destro was just kissing ass because he knows that these absolutely. people could murder him. I think that's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, sure. like absolutely. So, um, yeah, implanted the idea. He reveals the psychic motivator, which is what did uh, by that, the way, which is a horrifying, horrifying chirping insect. Mindbender? Cut. <laughs> Have you seen this chest? <laughs> go absolutely. Back, go back and look at that shit. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's cut. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't be a part of either of these organizations if you've got over 7% body fat. That's true. All right. No, it's just the way it goes. Sorry. Right. You don't qualify. <laughs> Sorry. I do not. Now, 
That little chittering thing. Yeah, that 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 was the least gross thing that the still upsetting because it's big. Does it go into his ear? I, don't no, really I know. I I thought of like go, that Star Trek where oh, they yeah. they have the worms that go into the this ear. And I'm like, gross. this is worse. I would. They should have cut to a scene of however that thing invades absolutely brain. Just to, I mean, they're not afraid to gross us out in other ways. So the Cobra peeps are looking on. Mindbender, everybody swears allegiance mm-hmm. as we see um, Cobra Law's infamous Uncle Fester brigade in the background. <laughs> I know! <laughs> looking I on. had that note too! Where I'm like, that's what they look like <laughs> with their just a chunky white faces. <laughs> yeah, with no, no expression. Uh, Galobulus, it turns out, really, really wants that broadcast energy transmitter. And he poses a very strange threat about <laughs> hating to lose Serpentor. However, you will have other opportunities to serve me. It's I don't understand odd, it. It's an odd line. that does, they, I played that three or four times and I'm like, hmm, that does not make any sense. No. It, it seemed to me like this, the Springer line where in Transformers the movie, he's like, "This is the believe it or not, this is the fun part. Right. Like, in what way? Yeah. <laughs> Caleb, you've seen more of this movie than we have. Yeah. Does that line make any sense in the context of what you've seen without any spoilers? No. From what I... I mean, I've seen the rest of the movie recently, and no. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact... No pain. I don't even remember that line. I don't, I don't even recall that line being said because it never gets touched on ever again in the movie. Okay. No. Good to know. I do I do remember Globulus, Globulus telling him that... He's going to eat lightning and crap thunder. (laughs) Thanks for doing that. Great, great. Well done. Had to happen sooner or later. Before we can get back to the BET, the topic of BET, what we've got to do right now, though, is attend to the trial of Cobra Commander. And, of course, Cobra Commander is being held in a (laughs) pond inside of some sticky clam-like creature. Yes, yes. Which, again, is also pretty tame by Cobra Law standards, but still... I have some notes when Buzz Dixon talks about that. I will have to say, even though Cobra's in a bad spot here... Uniform looking good. <laughs> yep, Hugo Boss. So he, it must, he must have had a heavy starch on that outfit. <laughs> it's pressed. Yeah. It's, it's, he, the one thing it's he's true. missing, though, that I'm a little disappointed by is his cape. Yeah, they took that away from him, didn't they? I mean, the capes. And where's his hoodie? He's still got a cell phone on him. <laughs> make, make the call. Uh, and then we're back to Joe. Back to Joe base. Uh, there's uh, more goddamn conquests to do a flyby. Uh, they're just showing off. Wasting rocket fuel. Wasting jet fuel. That's right. I love the recruits listening at the courtroom there is door. There's no security. No, anybody place. can be anywhere at any time. I like how they put the words courtroom. courtroom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, it looks like a holodeck from Star Trek. It's yeah. like, why do the doors have to open like that? And could they? I mean, I have to assume that's a foot thick steel door. Absolutely. Really what are you hearing on the other side of that? <laughs> uh, we cut to the inside of the courtroom. General Hawk is laying into Falcon, and his helmet is not on. I thought it'd be funny if he was wearing his helmet at this. <laughs> no, point. he's in his dress uniform. It's, well, it's okay. So it's fun that you bring up dress uniforms because we see as as. Hawk is getting his lecture here. We see a whole group of Joes in the audience watching this go down. And I love, at this formal affair, these everyday Joes are still in their garb. Yes. And so you've got rock and roll with his bandoliers <laughs> and tripwire, who is in a goddamn bomb suit. 
Oh, that frame that you just would that was the uh the, it cuts it cuts to a guy in the forefront with who's on the tr- on the on the um the dais. Yeah. yeah, and he has like a gray beard and it just looks like it's the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. Is the one of the people on the panel, which comes back later cuz Hawk says it's a tribunal, mm-hmm. but there's four dudes up there. <laughs> I don't always court martial <laughs> yes. fuckless layabouts, but when I do well, who are those guys? Yeah, I, I, Hawk is the only one we know, right? Except there, I think so. There is another guy up there that looks familiar to me. He's got a mustache and shades. There's oh, a guy yes. up there with shades yes, it's, on? Yes. It's, um, it is another Joe. Uh, I don't know who it is, but you're right. It's like wild, not wildfire. It's wild something. This guy. Is it him? I think, that, I think that's I think that Wild that Bill. Him. Yes, Wild Bill. That's He's him. a helicopter that's pilot. That's him. Why is he up there? <laughs> That's him. That's Wild Bill. That's the fourth member. Of Why there. is he a part of that tribe? Does he have rank? He's the wild card. Clearly, yeah. he is. Uh, I mean, he's on the panel, so he must know somebody. Okay. Well, uh, like, there he is. Like, yeah, yeah, there he is right there. They're like, yeah, we, they just they just like him. Yeah, get yeah. Wild Bill up here. So to <laughs> he's your a card. To to your point, Ryan, that you were bringing up on the last episode. Yeah. About everybody looking the same. I, I, whenever Duke steps up as he does to try and give Falcon some credit mm-hmm. or try, you know, try to speak for him, speak positively for him, Falcon grabs Duke, and I kept. I've always thought that that was Flint grabbing Duke, saying, "Wait, you don't have to do this," but it was oh. Falcon saying, "You don't have to do this." Uh, yeah, maybe I'm just. It- I didn't. I, I didn't stupid. think that, but you're right. It, it, they're, they're dressed so similarly, and again, like just guys with brown hair and like mm-hmm. in camo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- this is the big reveal where we find out that uh, that Lieutenant Falcon is right. half brother. So, despite all of the fuck ups that General Hawk is is laying out for the audience here, no no acts of merit, lots of bullshit. They're, this is a completely reasonable thing he should be kicked out of jail. <laughs> they're going to throw the book at him. Duke steps up, and he requests leniency on what grounds General Hawks asks? Nepotism. Nepotism, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like, they even say, like, there's no, I don't know how you, General Hawks says, I don't know how you even got into this outfit. Right. Duke thinks there's some good shit mixed in with the bad shit. This kid can be straightened out like a certain flame-chested hero we all know and love. The court at this point is like, we, we got a recess. I don't <laughs> well, know what this means. Well, it's only a preliminary hearing. That's true. It's not a court martial. It's not a court martial. It's a preliminary hearing to see it. It's like a grand jury to see if you're going to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Duke escorts his brother out of the courtroom. That son of a bitch falcon has no <laughs> gratitude whatsoever. Prick. For Duke's action, he tells him to stay out of it. You've done more than enough already, big brother, which I don't know what that means. Tried to help me. <laughs> no. Well, he, he, he kind of clarifies that just riding his ass all the time is is uh, the problem he has with him. Maybe if you weren't a, 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 like a, a constant fuck-up, I mean, right. that wouldn't be an issue. But. Duke mentions that he told their mother he'd look out for him, but maybe it wasn't a job he should have signed up You know up what Falcon for. is? He's a habitual line-stepper. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hate those types of people. <laughs> He's not a line stepper. He's a line leaper. Yep. Is he a a hot stepper? Here he comes. Word him up. Word him up. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) 
So the rawhides, they see very well that Falcon is this just pig-headed mm-hmm. piece of garbage. And they don't want Duke to get in trouble for Falcon's idiocy. Low light emerges from the uh, the main trial room here and says, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's time to get it going. So they go back into the courtroom, and it turns out Falcon gets off easy. No court-martial. However, he is going to get grazed, corn-fed, and sent <gasps> to the slaughterhouse. You're going to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Falcon falls back in. The door opens into this bright light that encompasses him. And that is where we'll end and this. at the sentencing, uh, that music, I believe, is from Transformers Season 3. Oh, I imagine it is. Does Vince DiCola get any credits? Actually, Vince DiCola isn't credited for Transformers Season 3. That's uh, the guy who died whose name I can't remember. So well, that's the end of the minute. It is... The, in the reveal with Duke and Falcon being half brothers, uh, the story behind that is Falcon was originally meant to be the son of the soon to be, or originally meant to replace the soon to be killed Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an early draft, he was General Hawk's son, which is like you said, Aaron, in a previous episode, why there's the bird theme. Right. Um, Dixon refers to him as Kitty Hawk, as we said in the last episode, and they were eventually turned into half brothers for no reasons I can find. Is that our script deviation? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we should... Script deviations. (laughs) Where would we be? (laughs) Ryan, you are the only person that has any access to a script at this point, so please proceed. Thank you. This, I, again... uh, at this point, I'm sure we've gotten the full G.I. Joe script from TFCon from Rod Friedman that you have procured for us. Right. So that'll be next I'm episode. I'm sure he just keeps one on hand to give out to mm-hmm. he, beggars. At this point, it's for all we know, he's agreed to like come on the show and just read this segment for us every episode. Oh, that would be amazing. We'll just have him read his entire script while we're in L.A. It would be awesome. Okay. Block it out, Friedman. <laughs> um, so this is just coming from the Ron Friedman um, outline for G.I. Joe the movie. Um, Serpentor is a prisoner. Kitty Hawk is censured. Chewed out for foolhardy action on the battlefield, which could have jeopardized the entire crew. Jeopardized the base. So while other rookie patrol members are applauded and invited to a celebration ball that evening, Kitty Hawk is assigned to guard duty. And so at this point, like, basically he's referencing that there was an attack on the Joe base as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, the uh, attempted uh, uh, rescue. Jailbreak. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Buzz Dixon information from this episode. Um, Falcon harassing Jinx as she fixes the havoc. Um, Want me to kiss it and make it better? And Dixon says, I can't believe they let us get away with that line. Yeah. I can't believe they... Put it in there. I can't believe they wrote it, filmed it, <laughs> animated it, and was like, print it. Um, he's the three guards on Serpentor. Uh, Dixon says that is the Joe's elite mustache squad. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, he seems obsessed with mustaches, but uh, that's which led me down the thing of like, why are cops and soldiers only allowed to grow mustaches? There doesn't seem to be a reason. In the in the navy, I don't know if it's still true, but when you know when my dad was in Vietnam in the navy, that that branch of the military would allow you to have a beard. Really? Yeah, it seems random. Like it goes back to a sailor thing. The sailor thing. I think they just kept some traditions alive. That well, way. it may also made me wonder what the last like president of the United States we had with a beard, and it was uh, Benjamin Harrison in 1889 to 1893, who oversaw the commission of the Statue of Liberty, bringing it back to oh. G.I. Joe. Um, 
Aaron's looking something up, so he's not listening to me at all. I am. I was looking up Buzz Dixon to understand his mustache fetish. Well, she has one. And it turns yeah. out he's got a rockin' mustache himself. He has himself. a good mustache. It, he has, a, he has a, a roadblock slash rough leatherneck mustache. He looks like he could be Sergeant Slaughter's brother. He, yeah. he actually could, yeah. If he had aviators on instead of those 80s kind of squarish, round-edged glasses, he would look like Sergeant Slaughter. He does. A lot, he also uh, does a lot of cons and stuff like that, so maybe at some point we could uh, find one where he's at. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, continuing with this thing. We're at the Mountain Vagina, Dixon's comment is, No comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, on Galobulus, uh, as Burgess Meredith, who is the voice of Galobulus, he's, Buzz Dixon says, most famous for the penguin, but I like to remember him from <laughs> Of Mice and Men, where he was George Delon Chaney's Lenny. And that's 1939. I'm like, did you not see any of the Rocky movies? Yeah, how is he most famous <laughs> yes, for the penguin? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Galobulus was originally envisioned as, quote-unquote, very corpulent, a big, fat, helpless dude on a platform being fed and pampered dependent on servants. So Jabba the Huttish? Yeah. I can see that. At the end of the movie, he would have to fight someone where, this is a trope, moving at blinding speed and endurance in contrast to his appearance, which the trope is acrophatic. Ah. Ooh. Uh, similar to the handicapped badass. Um, Hasbro thought that that idea was too effeminate, which is weird. That's, that is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then the clam that Cobra Commander comes out in, Dixon says he liked the allusion to Botticelli's Venus here, but... What wow. a pretentious allusion. Well, that's the funny thing is he wrote that in the script. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I like that they did the Botticelli's Venus here, but it's like, oh, that was my idea. <laughs> Fall in love with yourself. I like Buzz, I like Buzz Dixon. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Here's a picture of him, uh, pro- probably a little bit more contemporary. No mustache. No mustache. Oof. He's chopped it. He needs to grow that back. Grow it back, Buzz. At grow our, it back. At our, this I command. Which is <laughs> interesting that we, we're wanting a man to grow his hair back whose name is... Buzz. Buzz. Wow. Okay, so something that uh, I think I've mentioned this before that I love that we get to do right now that only we got to do with a relative frequency early on in the Transformers the movie days is talk about the voice actors. Yes. And so I've got uh, a few voice actors that were introduced in this sequence that I'd like to cover. Right on. We, we mentioned this earlier, and actually I'm one sequence behind on this, but we forgot to mention that Frank Welker is the voice of... Order, Order, Law's dog. Uh, oh. We've covered him exhaustively. He also voices Torch and Wild Bill, who we saw in this scene uh, as well, but he did not speak. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Alpine, he is voiced by a gentleman by the name of Lee Waver, who actually, very interesting career, limited voiceover work that really revolves mostly around G.I. Joe. Uh, he did the voice of Alpine He's a character actor with a lot of TV and film roles. Career dating back to 1955, Mm. Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. He was also in I Spy, Love American Style, uh, several episodes of The Cosby Show, or actually The Bill Cosby Show, rather, but also The Cosby Show. Sanford and Son. The Bill Cosby Show. I don't remember that. It was a show that was on before The Cosby Show. I don't know that much about it. I watched a show after. It was the 70s, right? Yeah, uh, either that or the 60s even, but probably the 70s. I, I watched the show after 
Cosby Show called The Cosby Files. He was mm-hmm. a P, he was a PI. Mm-hmm. Holy cats! He had a big career. Oh. I don't know if you know this. Bill Cosby was famous. He's still famous. <laughs> Good <For> times. <laughs> Good times. The Jeffersons, Starsky and Hutch, Flamingo Rose, Buck Naked from Hill Street Blues, Webster, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm. Night Court, NYPD Blue. He was the blind seer in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He's oh damn! Episodes of Community, Workaholics. Uh, I could go on. He had a lot of credits, but I tend to only list properties that I care about. When Bill Cosby guest hosted The Tonight Show in 1968, uh, each night uh, he had a bit where Lee Weaver was announced as a guest for the show. And they basically had a bit where um, he was announced as a guest Cosby pretended to run out of time, and it would invite him back for the next night, and they would show Weaver backstage just trashing his dressing room in anger. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> uh, and then the only other character that was introduced uh, was Gung Ho, but he is voiced by Chris Collins, a.k.a. Chris Latta, and we covered that pretty extensively. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. It's all, it's, you know, Every it's, time it's all about Lee, we- Lee Waver. Sorry. Every time I hear a different voice by Chris Lotta that's not um, Starscream or Cobra Commander, I'm like, really? That's him? It's it's quite amazing. He was like, the range he had. Mm-hmm. He would have been a Frank Welker like, level. I, I think absolutely. Well, I think maybe it's time to go into a- iconic Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say G.I. Joverview in this? Probably so. not. But we're really talking about the iconic Joman. Yes. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at you, Caleb. I mean, I can, I, yeah, it's weird. I like, um, it's like, this is your shit. It's weird. I, like, I know. I I what did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> did we, did we? I like how you're always surprised we're doing a moment. <laughs> Well, I just don't know what I I don't know what is expected of me. If you want me to do like, what's you know. your favorite iconic Joe? Yes. Oh, I thought I was supposed to be like. I thought you were cueing me to be like. I'm the ghost of the iconic. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's all taken care of. <laughs> oh, just oh. pick a Joe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, we'll come back to him. Um, uh, I will. God, I mean the the whole reveal of like. <laughs> Going into a mountain pussy yeah. and coming out of, of a butthole. I've got the same thing. Is quite amazing. Just how fun that writing exercise. Absolutely. Or to animate it. And the drawing exercise. Because you know what you're doing, they're, people. They're just giggling <laughs> like little boys. And uh, yeah, just every new introduction to that world intrigues and horrifies mm-hmm. me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is it's the worst. It's gross and, and fun. I, I guess when I come try to approach the iconic moment with this movie, I'm trying to think back on what what did I still remember from before I started revisiting this movie. And mm-hmm. I do remember Cobra Commander coming out of the big clam, the clam. show. Mm-hmm. That had an impression on me. Probably, How did he breathe in there? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, what I guess that's iconic for me is because it, it does show the, the the grossness of Cobra Law. But also the theatricalness. <laughs> the theatricalness. And yeah, it's like, oh no, there's... I, I keep coming back to this. 
I have a strange sympathy and pity for Cobra Commander. He really is made of... And there he is. And it's like, I mean, they're just... Just from start to finish in this movie, they they just they just run them they just run them through the 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 gauntlet. Absolutely, in this whole movie, and this is a comment that a lot I see a lot of people say is like this really made Cobra Commander like humanized in in, yeah. a, in a weird way. <laughs> I just thought of something, which which well, when we revisit him later on in the movie, the humanizing him yes. has plays into that heavy. Spoilers. Yeah, okay. I just thought of something. So we know that Galobulus really wants the broadcast energy transmitter. BET. And mm-hmm. uh, he threatens Serpentor and is like, you got to get this. And if you don't, well, maybe something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, but first, the trial of Cobra Commander. Why? Yeah. If it's I that important just, to you, you can, you know, he's, Cobra really Commander's not going anywhere. I would hardly call that a trial. Well, we don't know we'll yet. We'll see. I would. I, I think he's just flexing his muscles. He's like, here's. Uh, it's like a. And it's a kangaroo uh, cord anyway. It's like a carrot and a stick thing. He's like, I can give you whatever you want, but also if you fail me or disappoint me, here's what's going to happen. Oh, I that see. being said, though, I'm sure nothing would please Serpentor more than what happens Absolutely. to Cobra in this trial. But, mm, spoiler alert. <laughs> Could have killed Cobra Commander anytime he wanted. It it's true. Cobra yeah. Commander had much support, but zero. Some really. kind of lackey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, please continue to listen. If you know, I don't take it as a demand, but we'd like encouragement. It. Yeah, please. <laughs> We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. If you're on that Apple Podcast, by the way, why don't you leave a review? Leave a review, five stars, please. And social media. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at apoddcast. And then, of course, the web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. This is a shop. There's some merch. None of it's G.I. Joe-related right now. But yet. we're a Transformers podcast, but damn it. Can, you will be getting Joe merch from us if you maybe you have a chance. That's right. If, if you enter our contest. G.I. Joe, the file card challenge. Mm-hmm. That's right. So... Create your ch- one more time. Where what's the website? What's that website? www.joecustoms.com. Create your Joe, tweet it at us, and we will retweet it. And uh, at the end of this uh, Joe review, we will pick a winner, and you will get some merch and swag. Definitely chew gum while creating your Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was quiet. Thanks, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Bye, bye, bye. That was a good episode. Cybertron. Brussels, Brussels, where we sell good.